Being a Jew, awesome. Managing personal finances, not so awesome. Welcome to Kosher Money. Welcome to another episode of Kosher Money. Tonight, on this Thursday night, Erev Shabbos, we have Rabbi Yosef Kushner. Came in special from Lakewood. We appreciate that. People want to know, who's Rabbi Yosef Kushner? Where is he from? What does he do? Um, I, I am in the base of Ad Bezdin in Lakewood. Um, that's not probably the reason you invited me. You invited me because I wrote um, a few books on commerce and business. And, and the first one, which was most, uh, most is Shovel Chol Nefesh, it's more applicable to most people, is called Commerce and Shabbos. And what happened is about 10 years ago, a little more, someone, someone I was learning in Kyle, I'm still in Kyle, and someone called and asked me about eBay, about selling on eBay and auction, and maybe we'll get into the nitty-gritty halachas, but this is more general. Someone asked me about selling on eBay. Now, my father-in-law, his name is Rav Shlomo Miller from Toronto, and he's like the, the leading Pisic in Lakewood. So I called him, this is a very basic question, and he asked me, like, what's eBay? And I, I was just disturbed <laughs> because that means nobody ever asked. I mean, it would have filtered up. Not ask him, but ask a Rav, and then the Rav wouldn't have known. It should have filtered up at that point that people should have asked that question. It's a very basic question. You have a sale that's, you know, ending on Shabbos and things. Or you're selling, or you're buying, you put in an auction. But either way, it would be a very, a very simple question, and no one asked that question. So that itself was like a little of a red flag in my mind that people are just not being trained to ask basic questions. And then the answer, there was no answer. Meaning, what was that particular question related to eBay? Meaning the question is that he's buying something and the auction's concluding on Shabbos. Concluding on Shabbos. So he's essentially executing an action that would be a, a purchase on Shabbos. You mm-hmm. know? And it didn't feel right for this person. Even though the payment... Well, sometimes, well, even if the payment will be later, but that's all okay. part of the, you know, that's, we can get into the meat okay. and potatoes. But he understood, there was something in his, it, it wasn't right by him. So he called me, um, and then I, I called my father-in-law. He had no idea what eBay is. There was really no answer because he didn't understand what eBay is. So I had right. to really sit down with him. We went through a lot of eBay. And, and that's really was where it started, that I realized that there's a, and it really started with technology, technology, selling, buying, retail on, on online. It was kind of just starting out 12, 13 years ago, you know, more mainstream. Sure. And um, that's where it started, and I was going to write like a little contrast. <laughs> but then other things started popping up, like people were shipping on Friday and warehousing, and then Yumtif and, and FedEx doing overnight deliveries. So then I had to have a chapter on deliveries and things, and then people were getting deliveries on Shabbos. When could they use it? Much of Shabbos, things. And from there, I started like getting a little involved in other industries, like real estate and nursing homes, and we added industries, right? And 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 I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time in it. And my wife jokes like she she doesn't know when I wrote it. <laughs> and we we ran like a thousand copies with Feldheim, mm-hmm. and, and it just like sold out. And then like another thousand, another thousand, another thousand. And there was a, it was really a vacuum that that and Rabbanim a lot by Rabbanim like they they didn't have access to to the information of how these businesses were running, mm-hmm. and and I, and I was. Took a lot of research, and I was familiar with a lot of these businesses, you know, how they ran. So that's what happened. So we had this conference in Chavez, and it's it's well over 10,000, close to 20,000 copies. Um, and people use it, and it, it, it became, had a big following, and uh, that's how it is. It, you know, sometimes you do something, and you don't realize it was such a vacuum, you know. Businesses, I'm sure, it's also like Yeah, so know. so let's get into that. So. You wrote a book, Commerce Shabbos. Are Commerce you, and Shabbos, yeah. Are you fielding hundreds of questions a month from people? I mean, I'm assuming in the book, 
people can see how to contact you, right? right. Yeah. So it, it's a lot of, it's funny, it's a lot of Rabbanim. So it splits. Out of town, it's a lot of Rabbanim that constantly call me. Uh, dozens and dozens of people a week. Emails. and th- These Rabbanim don't feel like that maybe even the congregants will fully understand um, the answers. Like right. they call me and they're like, how does this work? And then they, they, they know how to speak. But, but in town... Well, you know, people who have yeshiva education, they call me straight. It was literally an afterthought that I put in an email address. I, literally, at like, the end, I called and said, you know what, maybe someone will contact me. Maybe someone will read this, you know, and I put in an email address, and it just blew up. Mommy blew up. So that's what happened. That's, um, so I do, I do feel, I feel a lot, a lot of questions um, on, a, on a daily, weekly basis, a lot from people and business owners, and a lot from Rabbanu. So Zevi Wallman was the one who introduced us, and I watched a video of yours where you gave a speech in Baltimore, and I loved what you said about people know a ton about their own business, but when right. it comes to halachas related to that, right. you feel like there's a gap there? Yeah, it's it's amazing because I deal with people, small businesses and, and mid-sized businesses and big, huge businesses. I'm talking about you know household names, people that you know, huge businesses. And, and anything, and when they call, you have to really start discussing their business and most people don't just sit with anybody and just ask them about their business. But if you call me with a shayla, I have to really understand how your business is structured. And it always took me that these people know everything about their business. It's amazing because their businesses are massive. And sometimes there are divisions that they're not intimately familiar with, but they know right away who to call. And that guy right away knows the answer. And I'll get him on the line. Okay, I'll call him and I'll get him on the line. Um, when when I ask people, like, what do you do about X? What do you do about Shabbos? What do you do about the fact that you have non-kosher food? You know, you're not let to buy and sell non-kosher food. That's an Issa Deraisa. They, they could be aware, but they're like, I, I think we have, um, I think my partner took care of that. I'm like, okay, your partner on the line. <laughs> and the partner's like, no, 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 this was you. And, and it becomes, right. they, they develop a stutter. And right. they're like, and, and I'm like, what is going on over here? You know. And this is a very important point. I, I want to make this yeah. um, point is that I have, you know, my opinions of what, what is okay to do for Shabbos, you know, and what is not okay. And, and, you don't, and not everyone has to agree with me. Um, but whatever you do for Shabbos, let's talk about Shabbos, but you could do a lot of examples. Whatever you do, you really have to know what you're doing. You know, in other words, what I mean to say is your kid asks you, like, you have a business, whatever it is, you have a nursing home business or you're in hospitality or, or, or whatever you're doing, or even you're selling online real estate and you have a superintendent that's managing. Your kid asks you, um, your business is not closed on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. You have to have a good answer for that. Now, let's say you do a shtar mechir, and, and many of them I don't think are done correctly at all. At least know that this is what I do. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the greatest thing, but this is what I could do now, and mm-hmm. maybe eventually I'll be able to do better, whatever it is. But you better have an answer. It's just not, it's not an appropriate thing. You know, Shabbos is not something that we're not talking about. You know, some minig not to. to I'm, not, I'm not being Mazal's name mm-hmm. hugging, but we're not talking about some minig not to. You know, uh, wash, make a laun- make a wash on on, on Rosh mm-hmm. We're talking about Shabbos. This is extremely fundamental to, you know, the Jewish people. A person who keeps Shabbos and doesn't keep Shabbos, you know, we paskin is is akum It's the most severe basic thing. You have to mm-hmm. keep Shabbos. You have to know about that. So why do you think there's such a gap? Why 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 don't people know and why don't people know enough? as it relates to the halachas of business, Shabbos, etc.? It's a good question. <laughs> um, this is what I think. I'm just going to tell you my theory. Okay. My, my theory is, is that if you would 
not know a very basic halacha in, in that's that's negea. Let's just give an example. Let's say in Hilchas Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Let's say you don't know about Hilchas Muksa or Bayra, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to take um, the bad from the good. Mm-hmm. Imagine you just were absent that week. <laughs> you don't know that halacha, and you're going to be eventually you're going to be by a kiddush and you're going to do that. You're going to be taking out uh, the pits out of the watermelon. I'm just mm-hmm. giving an example. Some people won't say anything. That's that's a personality, and some people will say something. You're gonna you're gonna find out that there's something missing in, in your in your in your education that you know you have to you you have to take care of this, and then you can make a decision. You know, that's when it's happening in a public right. forum. Yeah, right? but but right, exactly. But it, it's really everything and anything. We we live in we live in, a, in within a community, and it's by design like that. We we don't live. You know, sometimes you go on vacation somewhere deep in the Poconos. You're like, oh, this is great. I, I wish I could move here, but right. you can't move there. Right. It's not Negei, and it's by design. There's no kosher food. There's no yeshivas. There's no mikvah. It's not Negei. We live within a community. It's going to, even if you do something in your kitchen, you're going to have guests. You're going to have, in, you're gonna, people, if you don't know how special, it's going to come up. I'm talking about a basic halacha. People do not ask other people what is going on in their business. It's just not basic, um, rudimentary uh, um, etiquette, etiquette, manners. Right. It's just not. It's just not appropriate. <laughs> That's the way right. it is. Right. You can live next door to someone. You know generally what he does. You can't start asking him questions. It's. It's. it's and I tell this to old people. If, if even not in the context of business, if somebody is like asking you things about yourself, you say mind your own business. Even though he's not talking about business, it's like that is the analogy of like someone asking. Inappropriate, you know, ba- you know, not acknowledging boundaries. Mind your own business. Mm-hmm. Business is like that is the uh, muscle. You know, you, you you keep to yours, and I can. So what happens is, is that a guy can go 30, 40 years, and, and basic things, no one's going to ask him anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not the rabbanim's fault. The rabbanim don't. They're not auditors. They don't sit and audit, audit people's businesses. So I think what happens ultimately is, is that it's just no, just that. The social net that we have, it just doesn't apply to businesses. I walk into Kadeshim on Shabbos and I see the Jewish caterer. He has all his employees. I'm like, this guy has a maid. He's working seven days, <laughs> seven a, week. days a week. How does he do that? I, I want to tell you something. I've asked this to people way greater than myself. Yeah. You know, I, this is a, a little of a side thing, but the, the Ramban in Vayikra, he says that, you know, we can't, we're not allowed to buy and sell and do business on, on Shabbos. That's all the Rabbanon. It's a Mecca buying and selling and mooks and money and all these older Rabbanon. So he says in the Midbar, there were no other Rabbanons. So people went to Davening. They they sat down, they had a Suda, you know, they had Sham of Zachar, they had a Suda mm-hmm. in the Midbar, and then they went to work, right? So he says that Avada is someone who's working on Shabbos. It's an Isidar Isa of, of, of Tishpas. You have to rest. The Darabonans are, if you're really resting, but you want to just do one, you know, here and there, haphazard transaction. Mm-hmm. But a person to work, like he works the rest of the week, is also their ice. And I was always wondering, so I, what, how do the caterers get away with it? And I've asked this to people, forget about Amir Akum. They're, they're actually sitting, and, and I don't know what, we shouldn't be attacking caterers. No, no, but, <laughs> but I mean, you can pick any profession right. that has some no, sort of operation. this is a little different, because yeah. this is the caterer himself might be involved. Uh-oh. That's what I mean to he say. He oversees it from afar. If, well, if he's not there, then that's right. okay. But I'm talking about, sometimes, the guy He's, he's working. <laughs> you right. know, he can't work. It's a good point. But um, that's what it is. I, I want to tell you a story because, and I feel bad. I said this, Rob, a few times, and I, I is feel bad. Is this the candy bar story? Yeah, I, feel, I love it. I love it. Please, <laughs> I feel please check. On this guy. This no. guy's going to come after me one day. <laughs> Hopefully he's not one of the 10,000 listeners. This happened really early on. And okay. it, it was really another thing. It was an eye-opener to me because, um, because it just brought out this point that people are not trained. They're not trained 
to take look at their business from a halachic standpoint. Their business is like a private thing. It's a money-making machine, and, and it's almost like halacha stops there. And it's, it's, it's something that people have to kind of re- recalibrate and retrain themselves. But there was this older older fellow that called me. He had a, um, a minibar, a contract with a minibar in, in, a, in a big national hotel, hotel chain, and it was kind of primitive. He had a, a gentile on site that was... Um, checking what was purchased, and then they had to go to the front desk, and they held the credit card, and then they charged it. Anyways, um, we were discussing, he called me about Shabbos, and it was a legitimate question, and I, I told him how it has to be set up, and then literally as an afterthought, because I was wondering, like, what he sells, I asked him, you know, and most people, you see, I, no one will ask him this, it's not your business, but I said, I said, well, it's not you know, you this. No, but uh, I, I, I heard the English translation. Oh, okay. But do, I, I do like it with the Yiddish feel and the, the, then the, the translation. The anyway, yeah. so, 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 so he said, I said, what's my question? What do you sell? So, so he says, Snickers and Reese's pieces, you know. Uh-huh. So, so, and then he t- I said, I have a van. Do you sell wine? So he says, yeah, they have this little wine. So, so, um, so, so I said, Weissmendach. I said, Kushravan? You know, kosher wine? So he says, Nein, it's Kushravan. So I said, Weiss bin doch, Mekenesh Verkäufen is Kushravan. This is an Isser. You're not allowed to sell non kosher wine. It's also about no. So it's a Mufushalach and Shulchanach. So I said, You're not allowed to sell non kosher wine. So he said, he, I don't know what he thought I was saying. So he said, Nein, ich Yidin Vagoyim. In other words, he thought I was worried that Yidin not going to be buying non kosher wine. Uh-huh. So first of all, how does he know who buys it? But whatever it is. So he said, Nein, nein, that's Vagoyim. Goyim are buying it. He, he didn't. So I said, nein, 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 something should tell me going, going, you didn't, cancer for koifen, nicht kushravan, so use. So, you know, it's also, it's, it's prohibited. <laughs> so, so he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and the older guy, and you know, I want to tell you something, this is the guy that called me. A lot of people don't call, they don't want to, this is right. a guy that's an outlook, a guy, he makes a, it, he picked up the phone, he made a phone call. How many people in the last few months picked up a phone call about their business? This is an outlook, right. guy, he's not, he's not fooling around. So I said, I said, so use. So he said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. So he's, he's like, Mr. Mekilim. You know, probably there are some that allow it. I said, he said, Mr. Mez, there are Shiloh Vegendim. You know, it's probably a Shiloh. I said, it's a Shiloh. So, so he's like quiet and, and he, he didn't know what to tell me. Right. So, <laughs> so he says, Younger man. <laughs> I, which, young, first of all, when the guy says, younger man, <laughs> he says, uh, I didn't call you about this. <laughs> you know? I said, from <laughs> you know? But, and and it, it, it shook me up a little because it's just an amazing thing. And an older guy is doing, didn't know, Pasha didn't know, you know. But, are, um, are people scared to call because you, you know, this younger man's going to shut down my business. No, no, if no, I no, no so one's getting questions. shut down. You know, I want to tell you something. Yeah. Someone just called me last week, I, I, and I was surprised because I don't, I, now I, I know what's going on. I, I'm surprised that this guy, this business was going on mm-hmm. <laughs> under my nose. I'm like, what's that? He's like, I literally had another eBay moment. I'm like, what? this guy <laughs> called me. You probably know what this is. You, you ever heard of Turo? A car sharing service? Yes. Okay, yes. see, you're way ahead of me. That's was, relatively new. It is relatively new. Okay, so this guy calls me. He's like, you know, we have this big chat. This guy calls me from like, yeah. we have this big chat. Um, we have we have cars. We're, you know, we're, we're Turo. We're, we're part of Turo. Uh, Turo's a college. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? He's like, you don't know about Turo? I, I said, I, what? what is Anyways, it's a car sharing service. There's a whole chat in Lakewood of guys who have like cars. And they're, they're leasing them out. Uh, like day t- by day. Day by, by day, week, yeah. yeah. He explained me the whole economics right. of how it worked. He, he bought himself a, an Odyssey. 
And people use that when they go to Florida. They don't go. Yeah, with this the fellow. Companies. This fellow. He said. He said. I do construction. I'm always out of town. Right. And I'm. 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 I'm renting these uh, on Turo. I'm renting these Maseratis for a hundred dollars a day. This is the greatest thing. And I looked into the economics, and it makes sense because, the, the, especially places near the airport, that they have um, twenty-five out of thirty days. These cars are being used. He's like, the Maserati costs $1,000. I don't know why I'm getting into the economics, but the Maserati costs $1,000 a yeah. month, and this guy's more than doubling his money. Right. So it's a great business. And he doesn't have to have one. He can have a few. So this fellow has a few, and the other fellow have a few, and this whole chat in Lakewood of these guys. And this fellow called me, asked me, told me, he put on the chat, like, what are we doing about Shabbos? You know, they have it in a parking lot. It's Kila's entry. People are coming on Shabbos and paying rent on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. And that's called Schar Shabbos. You can't earn money for Shabbos. Nothing to do with doing malachas. You're not allowed to earn money for something for Shabbos, Schar Shabbos. So he, he put it on the chat. What, what, what's, what are we doing about Schar Shabbos? Like, what? And for once, the chat was quiet. <laughs> and then someone said, you should call him. So he called me, you know. Yeah. I said, this is going under my nose for so long. Someone woke up, you know. Right. And it disturbs me because people are not 100% zoned in to be trained on such a thing. You really have to. I tell people like this. It's very hard. People don't know. Like, First of all, businesses evolve. So you're going to ask today and tomorrow is different. Right. They don't know how to when they should ask, when they shouldn't ask. But what they really need to do is they need to look at their business as a whole, where they have halachic um, vulnerabilities, liabilities, whatever you'll call it. And and different businesses have different vulnerabilities. So if you have a business, for example, that cannot close on Shabbos, for whatever reason, it cannot close. Like a nursing home would be, you know, that would be the, the prime example. It cannot close. Almost anything in the hospitality business cannot close. Um, and other, other businesses like that. So... So you you have a, a vulnerability, and you need to learn about that vulnerability. Now, you don't have to become a Paisic, but you have to be educated to the point where you know what a Shaila looks like. So if you have, like, a rental business like Turo, or it could be uh, washing machines, that, you know, the automated washing machines, vending machines, whatever it is, so then you have a Shabbos liability. If, you're, if you have something where a business where non-kosher is being sold, you have a, a, it's a schayra vulnerability, right? And it goes on and on, and, and you have to educate yourself. You speak to your rope, just you don't, forget about asking him every shayla now. Mm-hmm. Learn where your vulnerabilities are. That, that's the first step. And and then learn about it. And and this fellow who called him Baturo, he's like, so what should I do? So mm-hmm. I, I told him what to do, but I said, I'll tell you the truth, you need to learn about Tzachar Shabbos because things are going to change. You, you need to know what's yeah, what's a shaila, what's not a shaila. You need to educate yourself about schar shabbos. Because I was talking to him, and he didn't really have a very good base. He didn't understand how havla works and things like that. Schar shabbos is when it, it it the action begins on shabbos and ends on shabbos. Correct. Well, you know, well, okay. so I heard the share. I heard okay, the share. Okay, right, right. But so meaning, if someone's checking into your hotel on Thursday and checking out on Sunday, there's no problem, right? Because right. the, the act, so 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 you but if can't, a fellow checks into your hotel Friday night, right. checks out Shabbos afternoon, you have a problem. So a yid cannot own a hotel. I didn't or, say he can't. No, can. no, I'm just trying to see because that's what's he going off in people's he heads. He has a problem. If I own he a has, vending machine, I have a problem. Well, a vending machine is different. I don't want to get into the meat and potato. A vending machine is retail. And I'm going to field all these questions if you don't answer. Retail, retail's okay. different. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Retail, when you're exchanging money for goods, is not is not schar Shabbos. That's just an exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, service industries, hospitality, rentals, these things, we just see profit. You didn't give when I trade. So then we don't see a profit. We have a dollar, a worth item worth a dollar, and I trade it. That's not schar Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Um, even even though you made money, but you made money because your value appreciate. Uh-huh. Your person could inherit a soda, inherit uh-huh. a soda. He didn't pay a nickel, and then he sells it. That's just a trade. But um, 
where, where you're getting money for goods, if you have a, a business where you have subcontracted out people who are fixing things, and in Hilchah Shabbos, the workers are allowed to work, because they're kablan and whatever the case is, but you're earning money, you, you have a therapy company, this is very, very relevant, people have therapy companies, and the therapists are getting paid per session, and, and they're allowed to work on their own schedule, but you're earning money on Shabbos. You have a Shabbos vulnerability. So I told him, I said, the best thing for you to do I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Is you should go to learn it. Go to Simon Shinvov, learn it. Learn the Magen Avraham, learn the Mishnah He's like, it's not happening. So I said, fine. I would. Ne- I don't like doing this, but I'll tell you the truth. You should buy my book. Mm-hmm. I have a chapter. I don't mean to plug my book. I know this sounds silly, but this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that there's so m- there's really so much information on all levels out there. There's really very little excuses. Your book's on Amazon, by the way? My book's on Amazon. Okay. No, no. Yeah. People will yeah, ask. But I most people make sure are. I cover it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Anyway, so... And I'm, I'm really seriously not plugging my book. The best thing is, is you should learn the sugya. But, but not everyone can. I, I totally understand that. And not everyone has a background to really get clarity starting from the Gemara and going straight through. So educate yourself enough that you understand the basic parameters of Shabbos. You don't have to become a Paisik Achrin on Schach Shabbos. You're not the Schach Shabbos Rebbe. But you, you do have to know enough to know what a shy looks like. You have to take your business as a whole. In general, where are my vulnerabilities? Um, you asked me if businesses close down. Businesses do not close down. Um, generally, I've never closed a business down. They need to be structured right. Mm. You know, people shouldn't be scared. It, it, and you could say, uh, you know, uh, you know, so there are people who call me and, and they, they, they start telling me. And I, I say, listen, this is what you need to do. You know, you have to, your, your manager has to become a cobbler. And then they start like, you have to, they start telling me, listen, I have a big business. I have uh, 200 employees. You know, they start like mansplaining to me <laughs> how, how big their business is. And I tell I said, I want to tell you, Habibi, I have people that have thousands of workers, thousands, and they're running it right. And, and there are people who have very small businesses. It could be done, and, and it needs to be done, and this is the way it is. And you want to have bracha, and you, and you want to have siyat dishmai. This is what you need to do. You understand? Love it. Um, the, it's funny because you wouldn't think this. One of the biggest problems people yeah. have is, is they find out that, that an employee or a subcontractor that, that works on Shabbos is, is not from Yid. And there's a Lifnaiva problem. You're not allowed to give a, a not from Yid a job on Shabbos. You're not allowed to give him things to do, even if you don't tell him to do it on Shabbos. But he's using your platform, your, your platform meaning your business, to be Michal Shabbos. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge problem. And, and in, in, in a sense, that's sometimes I'm, I'm literally stuck. I, I'll tell you why I'm stuck. I'm stuck because legally there's not much you could do. You, you, you can't, you have a lot of workers, mm-hmm. and the, the non-Jewish workers are working on their own schedule. They kablon him in Hilchis, Schiris, Poilam, and Shabbos. It's allowed. And to single out one employee and like, you're not working. <laughs> you are not allowed to work on right. Shabbos is, is completely unacceptable in today's society legally just not acceptable you know and sometimes I really that's sometimes I, I honestly get stuck I, I, you know and I try to make it as best as I can but people should know anyone who's listening it, it, don't ever engage someone about if they're Jewish <laughs> I know it seems like a friendly thing to do meaning you're encouraging them not to don't ever if you have a nursing home don't ever ask your patients if they're Jewish if you're hiring someone hiring someone because everyone's becheskes a guy right people are guy and you lose that chazaka as soon as the guy says he's a yid, because now right people who say they're a yid are a yid. Uh-huh. There's two ways a person's yid: either he acts like a yid or he says he's a yid. Uh-huh. 
So just as a Taiva, this is a public service announcement. Um, don't ever ask someone if they're Jewish. And, it's, and now it's going to happen ultimately, unfortunately. Right. You know, Rosh Hashanah time, I'm also Jewish. And then right. sometimes, like, my mother's Lithuanian. And, they, right. and you know, like, it sounds like they're the real deal. Right. You know? <laughs> and um, then you have, a, you have a problem. So there are times when things, I, I don't have great ages, but I'm not saying to close their business. Right. And sometimes I just, because of the legal restraints, I don't have terrific ages what they should do. Um, before they hire someone, they can try to get a feel for it. Sometimes it's things to do, sometimes it's not. It's complicated. If anyone has such, an, such a situation, they really have to ask a shyly. It's not simple at all. We're talking about it, they're icy. Right. Not a, this is not a minute either. <laughs> I've heard of companies that have sold it to a non-Jew over right. a certain period. Is that is that halachically permissible to sell? Hey, this business will run on Shabbos, a that runs on Shabbos but I'm going to sell. sell. Okay. I don't own it on Friday okay. and Saturday. Okay. People do it. Okay. If you're asking my opinion, because right. you know, I'm here, so you're asking my opinion. I'm just going to say my opinion. I'm Everyone say has that, to ask their own lo- local orthodox. Everyone should ask thereof. I'm going to tell you yeah. my opinion. This is the opinion that my father-in-law's opinion. This is a, a, um, a Rav, Rav Chaim Kohn. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a dying in Flatbush and Washington Heights. He's also very big in this space. He understands business very well, mm-hmm. and he's a tremendous Talmud Chachim. This knows is his eBay? opinion. Knows eBay? He, he understands real estate more. He has, no. I don't know if the nitty-gritty he understands, but I've, I've spoken to him a lot. I once met him in Eretz Yisrael, and we sat down for a long time. He's, I, I punctly met him in Eretz Yisrael. Right. Um, this is Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's opinion, and I'm going to explain it to you in two minutes. Go this, ahead. I'm going to say in two minutes, and either, either we got it, you're going to get it. You're a very bright guy. But this is, I'm going to explain to you like this. When you have chametz, essentially you're, you're proposing, why don't we do what we do with chametz? Right. Pesach comes, we sell the chametz. It's not that complicated. It's, it's not a new thing. It's as old. It's really, really old. The Kedmonim discuss it. The truth is from, from hundreds of years ago. It's not made up, selling chametz. Not made up. Now, does everyone love it? No, but it's 100% nescombal. This is what we do, right? All the way bottom do it. So I'm going to explain to you how it what works. When you have a chametz, it's, a, it's an equity-based iser, which means the iser is to own it. That is the whole iser. You can't own it. So if the iser is to own it and then you sell it, it's, it sounds very technical and people like smells interesting because you're really going to get it back. But ultimately, it's a technicality and you can call it a legal loophole. But if it's legal, it's legal. What, what you'd rather, an illegal loophole? It's legal, right? So that's called mechiris chametz and that's something inherently we all understand. Shabbos, the basics of Shabbos, the mechanics of Shabbos, it works completely different. A person can't have a Gentile working for them. It has nothing to do with equity. And Ramesha makes his point. You understand what I'm but saying? But he's not working for me. He, he owns is. the business. I know, yeah, I understand. But no, no, forget about him. Forget about him. But well, okay. I'll, tell, I'll explain what happens. Yeah. Okay, it's a good point. I'll explain what happens. You go to your Rav and he sells you business. Okay, this person didn't, I'm going to explain you the structure. Yeah, this yeah. person didn't pay for the business. Mm-hmm. There's a nursing home. Okay, so they throw out a number. $10 million it's yeah, worth? Yeah. Okay, so this person didn't pay for it. So what happens is he gives you a deposit of $10. He owes you $10 million minus $10. Now, I'm not in the business of giving interest-free loans, right? How am I getting the profits? Because he owes me $10 million minus $10. So what happens is it's like seller-financed. He owes me all this money, but I charge him interest, which is pegged to the profits of the company. It's the greatest story ever. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all the profits. I don't own the business. He owns it, right? Ultimately, the workers, I, don't, I, don't, I do not relinquish control until he pays me. And legally, I won't relinquish control. He can't come and start wrecking the business. Mm-hmm. If he comes and telling people what to do, it's, he's out, right? So the workers... Do not answer to him. They answer to me. Mm. So it's irrelevant who the equity of the business is. Imagine you walk into a Hilton. You own the Hilton? I don't. You do not. Okay. So mm. if you would walk into the Hilton and tell the guy, tell any of the uh, of the employees in the Hilton, put me up hot water. Unless you're staying in the Hilton. Put me up hot water. 
So, so are you allowed to do that? So everyone, you can't tell, you own the Hilton? He, you, he's your worker? He's doing it for you. He's working for you, right? It's Amir Lakum. So when you have a business and you're telling your employees, your secretary, your, your, whoever you, your nurses, I'm talking about, I don't mean to pick a nursing home because mm-hmm. there's so many real estate, real estate has to deal with this because mm-hmm. they have superintendents and leasing agents, everything like that. So, so now the business doesn't belong to you. So the equity was transferred. But the issue was never the equity. The issue was Gaim can't work for me. So this is the point Rabbi Moshe makes, and Chelek Dalit, Simon Nundalit, I believe. You can look it up. It's definitely somewhere there. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes through a, a list of things he doesn't like about what we call a Shtar Mechira, which is what you brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, he makes the following point. He says, Shkafakli doesn't like it. And, and, but he says, Vigam, Beroiv Pomim, Leosa, Veloi Midi. Which means usually you actually didn't do anything. Because the Yidin, the Goyim are working at Daitad Yisrael. And that's the lotion of the Rishonim. Goyim are not allowed to work at Daitad Yisrael. They're not allowed to work for Yisrael. So if you don't restructure your business, which means if the structure of the business was never touched, then usually by definition you didn't do anything. Uh, and, I, and this is as far deep as we can go. But that was understandable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very much. <laughs> I was going to say you can write a book on this, but you already did. <laughs> so I, I put on my WhatsApp status, I have Rabbi Yosef Kushner coming in. Yeah. Do you have any questions related to Meiser, ethics, Shabbos? We touched on a bunch. So I'd like to, you know, sort of rapid fire. Feel free to elaborate more if we can do maybe 30 seconds per answer. And we'll try to cover as many as we can. And again, with that disclaimer, speak to your local Orthodox rabbi. (laughs) This is uh, Rabbi Kushner's opinion. Meiser. It's a hot topic. We've spoken about it um, in in other episodes. Is it a halacho or is it a minuk? Um, so that that's obviously a shaila. Okay. <laughs> so there's the Bach that says it's it's in Shemalam Shemalam Aleph and you're there. The Bach says it's a minig and there's no makar. Mm-hmm. And there's the Taz. Others take umbrage with that, but really the Marami Rutenberg is a Rishon. Generally, when you have Rishon that a Rishon that they're not chelik on, it usually we go like that. The, the, the Marami Rutenberg does say it's a minig, and that's that's pastures what it is. It's a minig, but. Before everyone, you know, gets all excited, it's a minute that was in Scabble that, that we're not allowed to be mevatel. It's like something that Clive's well was mevatel. There mm-hmm. are many things like that. Right. You know, the Gemara says davening uh, is a rishos, but it's not. It's not really optional anymore. It's something that was in Scabble. So mm-hmm. there are differences la halacha. If it's a minute, it's not because it depends. You could you could say this is how I was mekabelit, and sometimes there are shyless like. Um, a fellow called me recently. This is just recently a bacher in yeshiva, and he does uh, handiwork in the yeshiva. So he doesn't charge, but he 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 does like Benes Manim. He charges, but for the yeshiva, he doesn't charge. So he has his little side hustle going where he makes money. So he wants to discount, basically take off Meister every time he works for yeshiva, which is not it's not one hundred percent clear if you can or can't. And, and so the answer is, that's how he's macabre. He says he's, he takes three people. This is how I'm giving Meister. That when I do work for free, it's coming off. It's a, you understand. So there's more flexibility. Mm-hmm. There's more flexibility. It, it goes for a lot of things. When you there's a whole shaila if you can count mitzvahs. When you're buying tzitzis for people, it's filling and things. Does that does that count? Does that count? And 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 again, that's how I'm macabre to do Meister. There's more flexibility, but it's not appropriate for someone to say it's a minute and I just don't keep it. Understood. You understand? When you're thinking, I want to just say one yeah, thing. Go ahead. One thing very important about Meiser, and that's again, we're not getting into the meat and potatoes of Meiser, but this for sure, for sure, the most practical thing you have to know about Meiser is you need to separate Meiser into a separate account. If you do not do that, 90% of the time you're not giving Meiser because you feel like you're giving Meiser because every time you write a $100 check, you feel it because right. it's coming out of your account. You're not giving Meiser, you add it up, it's not going to happen, it's not going to work. 
first of all, in a practical psychological sense, when you when you put my, when you get your, your, whatever your income is and you separate it into a separate account, that's easy to do. And now, what's in a separate account? It's burning a hole there. You need to write checks. It's so much easier to write checks from your MySer account. It's not coming from your account. Mm. So it's like in a two-step. Psychological, Psychologically, yeah. it's a very important thing to do. Right. But you will not generally give MySer unless you do this. Is MySer pre-tax or post-tax? MySer is is what you're netting. MySer is whatever you're bringing in. Bring in. Uh, yeah, so, bring in. And then sometimes we have shyness. People. Wait, is that not, after the government takes their share? Just to clarify. Meaning, meaning you don't have to give on what the government takes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, if you have business expenses, obviously that, that you don't give on that. It's whatever you, you, you know, you're taking home. So someone asks, if yeah. it's after tax, which you're saying it is, what are other examples of items that you take off before you calculate my So are there any, is there anything else where? Yeah, oh, obviously. You, let's say I'm, I'm I'll, let's just give me a basic business. If I'm running a, if I'm running a, um, a business, if I'm buying and selling goods mm-hmm. and I'm taking in a million dollars, my cost of goods is 800000 Obviously, you're only giving money around two hundred thousand. All your ex- business expenses. Oh, but what about personal expenses? What about general, tuition? Or? So that's a good question. General, well, generally, well, tuitions is okay. everything. We'll get, we'll get tuition is its own controversy because yeah. tuition is tzedakah. Right, right. But generally speaking, whatever clears your business and, and comes to the personal side is is mechuyiv and meiser. If you want, I could explain it very simple. There's, there's something called tzedakah. Tzedakah means you have mechuyiv to give tzedakah. That's mm-hmm. a meiser. That's mufurish. The difference between stucca and meiser is stucca is you have to give meiser of stucca. That's just what you have in your bank account when it, when it when it when it when it on it, on it comes. It's not a net. In other words, if I go, if I earn a million dollars, I'm going to explain this as simple as I can. If I earn a, mil, or earn a million dollars, and then I go on a five hundred thousand dollar vacation, I'm one hundred percent allowed to do that in hilchot stucca, right? And then I have a hundred dollars left when ani when ani comes. So in Hilcha Tzedakah, how much do I give? $100. $10. T- 10% oh, of 100 Oh, Okay. That's Meister. Yeah. It doesn't go with your net. It goes with what you have. The same way, when I want to buy an Esrik, how much do I have to spend? A Chaymash, up to a Chaymash. So ten to f- ten, a tenth to a fifth, right? Does it, do we make a difference what I had when I had a vacation? It makes a difference on circuits, how much you have in your bank account. You understand? Meister, the Chiddush of Meister, it's like a separate spreadsheet. It goes what it doesn't make a difference what you spent. It goes what's coming in, what cleared your business, whatever cleared your business. That's a separate spreadsheet. Before you take the five hundred thousand dollars, you could take it, but you still owe you right. owe Meister. That's the Chiddush right. of Meister. Right. right, got it. Okay, so let's talk about tuition. We touched upon that tuition. So tuition, a person cannot take tuition for Meister because he's an obligation he has an obligation to to to, um, to teach his children and Aye, all those dinner monies okay and, so very good yeah. so I want to explain this because this is a very good negotiating tactic I mm-hmm. tell people to do if, if they can mm-hmm. whatever you're obligated to pay that's your obligation to pay whatever the, the committee it sounds like they have committees they here. do have committees yeah and like what there's no committee so right. there's just a base of what you pay and then right. there's really what you what you, yeah. so <clears throat> what the committee obligates you to pay you need to pay or homeschool him, so there's no meiser on that. If you could get it down and you give, if you tell them, let's say they want $10,000, so you say, my kid costs $7,500. I will give $7,500, and if Mitzvah Shem, I continue doing well, I will write you a $2,500 check by the dinner. 
but I'm not obligated to do that. But I'm telling you, in good faith, mm-hmm. I will try to do that. If I'm not making, if I'm not doing well, I can't. But if I can, I'm not going to give you $10,000 anyways. So here's the story. My kid costs $7,500. That's what I'm obligating myself to They're pay. telling you? if you, you have to ask them, what, is, I'm asking, what does that cost? Well, well whatever. What, yeah, you negotiate okay. it down to some sort of base. No, because um, you'll have some yeshivas that say tuition's $10,000, and you say, hey, just... How much is it to educate my kid? Because right. I know I'm paying for someone right. down the block, right, and that's right, right. okay. Right. So I want to know how much to okay. allocate from. But let's my- say they say, we're not answering you. You need to pay $10,000. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how you could deduct that from my sir. But if you can get it down because you tell them, I am telling you, I'm a man of my word, in good faith, if I can, I will write you a $2,500 check by the dinner. But just I, w- I don't want to obligate myself mm. to that. I'm going to pay $7,500. Right. So then the extra $2,500 could take off my sir. You understand? So... That extra twenty five hundred, when that comes in, it would be prohibited for him to give tzedakah to other places before giving to that yeshiva. That's that's another point. You made a nether, you got to give to them. But let's say no nether in, okay. a, in a case where they are giving you some sort of break, and then uh, uh, with with the understanding with that, the understanding that that's how much you can afford. And then you come into maybe it's more of an ethical question. Yeah, now you're then you a little you, different. You, now, you, now I made money. You made some money. Or, or you have to, you're giving tzedakah, or they're giving you seventy five hundred, and they know that you have a little bit left over for tzedakah. Are you obligated to give that remaining tzedakah to all of it? Back? I mean, it's a hard question. So many variables. But all of your money should go to yeshiva's kid. No, obviously, should your money go to the yeshi- to your kid's Why? yeshiva? They're giving you some sort of break. And, Meaning and, they're they're they're, they're they're compensating, and 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 now that you have you can afford to, to you can have them. it, or they they know that you have some leftover tzedakah. They they have their dinner journal or whatnot. Should someone feel guilty giving no. only half of their tzedakah to... No, no. no. Tzedakah should be spread. No one has an exclusive right to all my tzedakah. Tzedakah has to be spread out on some level. There's different things. There's, there's, there's different parts. There's kala. These are different in Yonim. That is right. different things that a person should be, you know, should be this, this near Yisrael. A person shouldn't have any time tzedakah to near Yisrael. I don't think that's... What about someone in debt? Do they... That's a good question. Even not, you don't have to get so dramatic. Let's yeah. say someone doesn't have a surplus. So what happens with Meiser? Right? Okay. But in debt, for Meaning, sure. <laughs> if he does give Meiser, he'll go into debt. Oh, well, go, I didn't, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, but I think that's the okay. same same type of same situation. So this gets back to my first point. You should separate Meiser. Rabbi Meiser says, well, if you se- first of all, sep- separating Meiser itself is a mitzvah. You should have a separate account. A person should never say, I'm not giving Meiser. It's not a healthy thing either because he's just not going to give Meiser. And then when he, if Mitzvah when things turn around, when does he start? When does he not start? So this is the rule I'm telling everybody. You have money coming in. It doesn't cover your budget. Hopefully it does, but there's no surplus. You separate Meiser. If you need the money to live, you take it as Meiser. You take the Meiser to live on. But you separated Meiser. There's always a Meiser account. No yid should be without a Meiser account. Practically, it doesn't work. But this is a great reason why. If you can't afford to live without using the Meiser, Rabbi Moshe says you could use the Meiser, but never stop taking Meiser. Never stop taking Meiser. Never go into debt to give other money away. That's mm-hmm. terribly, terrible, terrible. Never go into debt. So never go into debt to take to give other people Meiser. It's not proper. And people do it. It's misguided. Very misguided. Mm-hmm. But you should always separate Meiser. And you can't do it at another bank account. So that's another reason. Always separate Meiser. It should be another account that's untouchable. That's your Meiser account. Also, on a practical level, yeah. you need to have some money in, your, in that Meiser account for when you know, your, your cousin's wedding. And there has to be money set aside. This is the way it is. So you should have a separate account. Very important thing. Before we move on from Meister, what are some other things or 
an important thing people should keep in mind when it comes to Meister. And when you do say have another account, we spoke to someone, we mentioned this in a previous episode, bank tellers, especially in from areas, now know when you come in, you say, hey, I'd like to open up a second account. They're like, oh, that's the Maser account. That's you great. Know, I, not, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's People great. Said, so this is becoming very... Um... It's, it's, it's becoming the norm okay, to I set tell you it up something. I want to tell automated. you the, the proper outlook on Meister. And, and I'm not telling you some weird ideology and theology and I'm telling you the way it is and I literally see it and this also is another reason why I need another account what happens is and this is what this is what Chazal say and it's 100% true I don't need but it's really you'll see it you really see it the way it works is and, and people sometimes look at it backwards people look at it like they, they get their $100,000 and then so 10000 then goes to the Meister account the way it works is is that the money in the Meister account when it goes to Tzedakah that makes the next money come. It, it, it's the exact opposite. It brings in the bracha. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally like that. When you write a check, you will see that that enables more money to come to your account. It's literally how it works. It's like these two things, like the one on the bottom, when you pull it, it tumbles in. And, and, and if, you, if, you'll, if you'll open your eyes, you'll see it. I sat down with someone a little while back, and I literally showed him this. It, it's, you write a nice check. Whatever check you wrote, you will soon get... Nice, ten times that into your bank account. Beautiful. It's not. It's not going that way. It's going. It's going bottom up. <laughs> right. Love that. So we received a couple of ethical questions. We touched on a couple before. Um, again, rapid fire. Feel free to pass on any if it's too complicated for this forum. Um, people wanted to know about ordering things from stores with the intent that you're going to return them at a later date, or most likely return them. Okay, first of all, we're, we're going to tread somewhat lightly on these type of shilas. I don't even like that question to begin no, with. No, no, no. I would no. say it's a complete no, don't it's ever a complete do that. complete no, okay. Right. So I'm not going to say, I'm, I, there's no way I'm going to say it's mutter, but I, I want to just say, I want to tell you a story that happened. Great story. Um, my, my father-in-law comes to, comes to my family in the, in the summers, and uh, there was the end of one summer, we were davening in Chesid Shashul, in upstate, in South Fallsburg. And there was, wasn't that many people because it was... Um, you know, during the week, so there was twenty-five chaver there, and uh, we was I was sitting with my father in the back, and a chassidish shag guy gets up after the and he gives a club, and he says, "Rabbi ich darf So, which means I have to say something. He says, "Ich bin a, he he is a he sells to Walmart. He sells to Walmart, and he goes to Ark. I didn't want to say Walmart, but I said it. So it, the cat's out of the hat. This is I'm going to say the story the way it was." He sells to Walmart. He goes to Arkansas twice a year to have meetings. He said he was sitting there, and this is what was going on. They were saying, <clears throat> what happens is people go upstate to, to the Catskills, mm-hmm. and they rent, a lot of them rent bungalows. So when, now when you rent a bungalow, there's a lot of just knickknacks that you have to fill up in your bungalow, and it doesn't come with everything, right? So you need sometimes shades and brooms and, and, and pack-and-plays, whatever it is, right? So they don't want to buy it because they're renting this year. They don't know if they're renting next year. What are they going to do with all these things? So they go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And if you go to Walmart in the beginning of the season of the summer, it's full. If you go in the middle of the summer, it looks like Russia. It's, it's all cleaned out. Mm-hmm. At the end of the summer, it all goes back. <laughs> because there's a return policy, 90 days, which is perfect because they're not there in 90 days. Mm-hmm. So they're using Walmart as the world's greatest gemach. Mm. Okay. So this fellow, he said that Abay thought the oil they were handling with the lawyers that they're gonna make an exception to that superstore upstate, they're gonna have like a fifteen day return policy. Mm. 
Mm. And the, the, lawyer, the question is, is it discrimination? Because it's pretty transparent what they're trying to do. Mm. And this was the discussion. So this Hasidish guy says, Rabbi Thar, ich bin nicht gepäufig, aber bei mir ist ein Schale von Chil Hashem. He said it's a Shal of Chil Hashem. So then someone told this Hasidish guy that the Litvish Apoythik is though. <laughs> so, so he came over to my father-in-law and he said, you know, I, I didn't know you were here. So he said, he asked my father-in-law, what did you think about what I said? Mm-hmm. So my father-in-law said, good gesagt. <laughs> One thing you said is wrong. It's not a Shail of Chil Hashem. It's a Chil Hashem. It's just a, it's a straight out Chil Hashem. So people should know like this. A lot of times with these type of shilas, you know, a guy's going to Detroit and, and his kids are just getting very restless. He pulls off and he goes into Best Buy and he buys a DVD player. Very common thing. And he plans on returning it on the way back. And I'm not going to get into this shila because I don't know the, all the details of what the kivun of Best Buy's policy. Maybe this is why they did it because they know 50% of the people will keep it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. They'll see, uh, uh, Uncle Moshi with a portable uh, DVD player is the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they have no problem. I have no idea. I literally have no idea and I'm not getting involved in this Shiloh. But I'm just telling you as follows. When it becomes like institutional, mm-hmm. on, on a community level, abuse, abuse on an institutional level is, is a massive, it's an institutional chel Hashem. Mm-hmm. Could you be anything worse than an institutional chel Hashem? It's not a yochid, it's just like Jewish people. Look what they're doing to Walmart, right? So that's, um, people shouldn't be involved in that, okay? Well said. <clears throat> Someone asked, can my parents take my bar mitzvah gift money? going to pass. Pass. We're going to pass. I like That's, that. I don't love, I love that. It. I, don't no, I love a good pass. Yeah. Cash advance. When I was growing up, I don't remember Yiddin in the hard money loans, cash advance. If I wanted to join that industry, that business, would you say probably no, stay no. away? No, no. Cash advance teaches... Cash advance to, to, to Goyim. It teaches people to be chaya royce. Animals. Literally animals. The cash advance business is... A lot of parts of it, it's constructed in a way to destroy, to not help him, to destroy the guy. It's done in a way where you're not, the, the guy is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He needs cash immediately. He's taking, he's, he's signing himself up to a world of pain, you know. And there's an, there's an Amala way how people can, there's an Amala rate. Forget about ribbis. There's an Amala interest rate. Mm-hmm. And then there's just, you are a chayarua, you just, you're an animal. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. It's it, a person could could. It's a person could really get affected by that. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, there are people that are making tons and tons of money in cash advance, and, and that is not kosher money. Oh, well said. Oh, kosher money. Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> there actually is a book someone wrote many years ago yeah. that is yeah. titled okay. uh, Kosher Money. Um, okay, so we did speak about. I want to. I want to move back to um, Shabbos. Yeah. Am I allowed to schedule bank payments or other financial transactions to take place? My credit card is due. It's a on good question. Shabbos. I'm going to tell you a general rule. We hold me and you. We hold Shvisa's Kalim as mother. That's like Basil. That that Shvisa's Kalim means is that you could take. Um, you could take a dye, this is from the times of the Mishnah, and put it in a, in a vat, and it gets dyed on Shabbos because it's a kalim. You're not doing an action. Things that are kalim is mutter. Um, and air conditioners are going on and off, and those are their ices, and that's fine. You understand? What you're discussing is really kalim. It's things that are happening, and, and money. And that we're talking about their abundance, and it's kalim, mm-hmm. and that's Pasha's mutter. I once, I once was with David Feinstein, and I asked him, 
you know, and I asked him because the only caveat to that is Rabbi Moshe didn't like didn't like Shabbos clocks, you know, and it's not it wasn't this Kabbal. So I once asked David, um, "What's the Maisha? Can you use a Shabbos clock?" You know, Rabbi Moshe says you can't. I said, "What's the Maisha? Can you use a Shabbos clock?" And the way I the way I uh, articulated, I said, "Can you use a Shabbos clock?" Can, which means, can a person use it? So he looked at me. He's like, "Can I use a Shabbos clock?" No, I can't use a Shabbos. But can you? You certainly can. Anyone can. In other words, it wasn't this combo. That's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And people use. So if you use Shabbos clocks, then these shilas are not not very big shilas because ultimately, what it is, it's it's digital ways of sending money. You're timing things to happen, and we hold streets of Kalim's mother. So that's 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 the basic answer. You mentioned Shabbos clocks, and this is not a kosher money question, but Shabbos lamps over the last ten years have become ubiquitous. Every house you go yeah. to has a Shabbos lamp. Is there anything people should keep in mind? Yeah, when people they're... don't realize you can't move a Shabbos lamp. You can't move it. You can't move it. It's muksa. So, but you very, could... a lot of people are nichshul in this. But, but closing and closing opening... and opening is not a problem because right. it's that's just a separate piece. And but to move it from not point A to point B yeah, on the dresser, you're not supposed to move it, and and. Um, some of them, there's different types. There's the old-fashioned ones, the big yeah, clunky yeah, the big ones. wooden ones that weigh 40 pounds. No, 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 no. even now. Oh. But like they're taller, and, and the newer ones are like... The white ones. The, the white ones, yeah, great, yeah. great. The, the wooden ones that you turn, that's the more the okay, old style. Okay, so those yeah, yeah. ones that have like a window. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those are heavy. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, we're talking about shit. Those are heavy, and when you turn it, it doesn't turn the base. And that's the... Okay. People should know that the little black ones... Um, a lot of times, it's like you pop it up, you turn oh, the it. black one, yeah, yeah. A lot of times when you flip it and print it up, you're going to move it. Yeah, move and you should be right. careful about that. Maybe tape it down. I don't know. I, it's People are nichshul in this. Right. Should right. be moving it. Right. Once and if you, you maybe, maybe if you move it, to take it and move it is not beseder. Become very comfortable with it because once yeah. you have it in the house, oh, it's mutter. It came in a, in a kosher box. You know, the, the institution yeah. said it was kosher. So now once it's next to me, oh, I'll move it. No one's actually right. even, and again, we talk about those private versus public um, instances, uh-huh. no one's there to that's tell you. That's a good you. point. That's no really, really bechedri chedarim. That's in your right, bedroom. Right. That's a good right. point. That's a good point. You could do that, and people won't. won't. Yeah, you're right. You're talking right. Ordering Amazon deliveries that will arrive on Shabbos. So ordering it, that, so it's like this: a person shouldn't overnight something if he has an option not to overnight. So which means like this: if you go on a website and you order something and you just order it, and they say. It's an overnight delivery. I didn't ask him to overnight it. I just ordered it. This is what they offered me, so that's okay. That's the Mephusha Mishabura, that if you tell a guy to do something... doesn't say Amazon, the Mishabura, right? No, 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 no. He speaks about a Gentile. That's a good point. He speaks about a Gentile that you told to do, and he says, I'm doing it on Shabbos. Mishabura says, Les Limbo, you didn't tell him to do it on Shabbos. If I order something, and they're not giving me options, they're just telling me that this is when we're going to deliver it, deliver whatever you want. I never told you when to deliver it. But when you have options... And then you pick Shabbos, that becomes problematic. You're scheduling, you're scheduling. It. What if that's the if default? it's an overnight? It, it, I order, I ordering something on Friday. The default on my Amazon Prime is that it's going to come. So Amazon Prime is a little complicated. I'll tell you why. Because let's take not not Amazon Prime. Let's mm-hmm. say I'm ordering something from Apple.com, mm-hmm. and I'm ordering it on Friday, and it says it's going to come on Shabbos. Okay, so this is what they want to do. That you know, knock yourself out, deliver it on Shabbos. Amazon, imagine I wouldn't pay Prime. They wouldn't, I wouldn't have that option on Friday to deliver it on Shabbos. So now you paid for that schos for them to deliver. So it gets a little sticky. So now you're going to say, no, I paid Amazon Prime because I want the music system, the mm-hmm. streaming system. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but there's a different variable, man. Amazon. When you're paying to be in that club to get overnight delivery, mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes more of a shyla. It becomes much more of a shyla. Where more... he might be better off to select two days to yeah, get it on right, Sunday. Right, right, right. Now, if, you, uh, if it's two-day delivery, I just want to bring something out. If it's two-day delivery, 
starting on Thursday, and it's going to arrive on Shabbos, it's not a problem, because mm-hmm. they could deliver it on, on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. But overnight from Friday to Shabbos is somewhat of a problem. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Google Ads. Someone has a business, they're doing, um, they create marketing ads. You can go on Google to run banner yeah. ads on websites. Is that an issue? Um, is that an issue? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, like this. It's not an issue, it's not an issue because like we said, I'm saying whatever's happening is, is happening by itself. There is a halacha that a person is not allowed to do things that he's going to be doigal of Shabbos, even though the issue is really to talk business on Shabbos, and we should get back to talking about business on Shabbos because it's somewhat of an issue. Mm-hmm. But um, a person's allowed to think about business on Shabbos. That's the halacha. A person's allowed to, person's allowed to take a walk and think about business. Dabra um, Dover, only talking is out there. But Mishabura says, and he brings to the Prim Garden, that a person can't do something the way he knows now he's going to be doigal of on Shabbos. A person has to have manucha on Shabbos. Now, sometimes these people set up very expensive um, ad campaigns, and they could be losing money, they could be making money. If the website is not working properly, mm-hmm. or something needs a small tweak, or somebody undercut them, they could be losing a lot of money. If they find themselves, excuse me, if they find themselves doyig love, then they might want to, they might, they might have a problem. You know, it might not be so appropriate to do that. You, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, but if it's not, if it's something that runs this Seder and you don't think about it, I don't think it's an issue. I don't think it's an issue. Now, I'm getting back to talking about yes. talking business on Shabbos, um, if I may. Go ahead. <laughs> There's a halacha Friday afternoon. Um, at a certain point, Friday afternoon, you're not, if, you, you, if you do business, you're not going to see Simon Bracha. That certainly applies to talking business on Shabbos. There's an issue to talk business on Shabbos. Sometimes but what I, if you say Nish Shabbos Karat? <laughs> I, that is one of the oldest like like what's there's a word for it uh, it's Nishkabal though after all these years it's, yeah, it's Nishkabal <laughs> right Nishkabal Shabbos Kret means you're not allowed to do it and then you do it right. it's like the weirdest thing and then people really like somebody's Alta Hungarian lady it's like you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't know what you want for your life I said it before you know? anyway the point is is that first of all this is Nishkabal you know, I'll talk business and Shabbos but you should also know if that doesn't talk to you that you will not see Simbracha. You talk on Shabbos, and sometimes not not in my shul, Chas v'Shalom, but certain times you, I'm in a shul and there's like a back room, you know, on the way to the basic kisi, there's a back room, mm-hmm. and there are men talking. And I, I'm not listen. There are people who it's hard for them to stay during davening, which is long, and they mm-hmm. have uh, AD, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. they go into the back. Listen, they're not talking in the shul. I'm not. I'm, I'm not judging them at all. But when men get together and they're talking, they're usually not talking about shoes that they bought or they're shopping. They're talking about things that interest them, and, and the words a lot of times I hear is like financing and and, and appraisals, and the, and it's it's not peseder. You, you know, you t- you might have had a good deal there, <laughs> and the mishabur explains what it means. You're not gonna have sim and bracha. Don't think when the deal goes through and you did well means well. I- I, I beat that one. Mr. Bruce says, which means the money is going straight through your pocket. You know, and the tax, the t- IRS is calling and they're saying, we recalibrated, there's, there's a $40,000 discrepancy, fork it over, and your accountant says, just don't fight it. They, they, they're going to go deeper. Just don't fight it. And that's, that's the problem. So, so, so you're going to lose that money. Don't, it's, 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 it's really important. And, and, and I'm, I'm like uh, very vigilant about this. I, the people that I care about, I'm like, just don't do it. Don't, Talk about business on Shabbos. People should be aware of that. I live in a community I just found out in my shul. There's a share every Monday and Wednesday night where they talk about questions yeah, that we've discussed. That's which, great. Which I think is amazing. That's terrific. Have you seen that being... And, and I see that... Definitely. As, a re, like a revolution. Yeah. Totally. totally. There's tons of different organizations that opened up to try to address this. And I'm, I'm not taking credit for it. But right. but, but it, it definitely... I'm, that's what I'm telling you. There was a vacuum. And, and 
there's much, much more interest, much more interest. Um, Other than your book, um, in, in addition to your book, if a yachid who's not in a community where he has access to a shear, what, and, and he wants to learn, he, he has an industry where he does have questions, he hasn't asked questions, and he's listening to this. We have the base yeah. of, I'm part of the base of, which is a Bezdin. We have something called the Yerucha program, which is like a one-year program that goes from sugi to sugya, um, like a week or two at a time, addressing basic business halacha things. There's, there's a shifty program which base manager Kavaya has. There's a lot, of, and you could be remote. It could be remotely. Mm. In it. There's a lot of programs that a person. And again, there's so many. I'm not the only book. There's, it depends. You know, if a person's in financing, he has to learn about ribis. Mm-hmm. Ribis is impossible. It's very hard to learn ribis. Mm-hmm. Well, what can I tell you? I'm not telling you to know all the halachas of ribbis, but you have to know the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I should have brought that as an example because ribbis is a ribbis is a very big one. It's 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 its tentacles are in every industry basically. Mm-hmm. And a person has to know all partnerships. Guys are taking home equity lines personally and dumping it into the business. The business is paying him, and he's paying the thing. It's ribbis deraisa. Most basic thing you can, as I said this, there were three people mm-hmm. <laughs> who said, "What? <laughs> it's Rivers Derisa, you know, because the the home equity line is to you. It's not to the business. So you're loaning the business money. Basically, you're loaning your partner's money, and now your partners are paying you. They're not paying the bank. The bank doesn't know who they who the partners are. And this is the Gemara says, "No, I'm not. This is not my case that I made up. This is the Gemara is about this." And, and this happens all the time, especially with partnerships and money going in and the charging ribbons. You have to write head to is because you have to understand what head to is when it works, when it doesn't work, and. If you find yourself in such a thing where loans are happening and and there's the interest payments being made, you you really have to learn the basics. And and ribbis is not easy, but uh, this is what you signed up for. You have to right. you have to you have to educate yourself. A closing thought: yeah. something you want people to walk away from this one hour, amazing episode. Um, a closing thought. I think we covered the, a, a lot of different things, but this is, I believe, the, 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 the most important thing that people should come out with is that if, if you are, if you, I'm just going to give an example. If you're running like a... a, a Don't say wife, nursing home. No, no, your wife, she's running a kitchen. Okay. See that? Totally. Your <laughs> wife's running a kitchen. If she goes a few years and never had a Shiloh in the kitchen... It, it usually means that she doesn't know what a shayla looks like. That's the truth. And unless she's really... And you know, same thing with Unless with she's the daughter of a rob and a, she really knows Yeridea and she's just passing on the spot. <laughs> but if not, unfortunately, it means that you don't know what a shayla looks like. And, and I've heard you say that also about men, women in business. If you're right, going that's through, my point. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're in business for years and years and never asked a shayla, I, I hate to say this and I'm not... This, I'm not, I don't mean Khalila to be a Mekatrig or to be an indictment on Yidin, but if you never had a Shiloh, that is the ultimate red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It seems, it would seem that either you really have it all figured out or you, that, that probably means you don't know what a Shiloh looks like and you need to audit your business. And like, where are my vulnerabilities? Where I have to start asking Shilas. Beautiful. Start asking questions. Thank you, Rabbi Krishna. <laughs> okay. Very good. This podcast has been hosted by my brother, Ellie Langer, produced by me, Yaakov Langer, and brought to you by Living L'Chaim. To check out other podcasts from Living L'Chaim, go to livinglechaim.com. Check out our YouTube channel. Check up Living L'Chaim on podcasts and do your thing. Until next time, enjoy life. Living L'Chaim.